0: up here, don't we? Uh, Good morning, everybody, how are you this morning? Would you stand with us? It is the Christmas season, so we will be adding some Christmas songs in here and there, so that's what our first one is this morning. See you. see it. He is still moving. And later on in the service you're going to see that we have a baptism. Next service you're going to see the video. His mercy.
1: Amen, North Point? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, have a seat. We're glad you're here. Welcome uh, to North Point. If you're a guest with us, whether you are here in the building or if you're watching uh, online at home because the the rough winter weather kept you home today, come on, be with me on how glorious it is for December outside. Amen? It's little amens here, right? Anyways, if you're with us this morning in here uh, at home, uh, we'd love it if you would let us know if you're a guest. It's your first time with us. Take out your cell phone if you would text the keyword guest to the phone number, uh, 833-CHAT-NCC. You get a little ping back, and that would just tell you a little more about who we are and that kind of stuff. If you are a regular with us and you're in the building this morning, we would like you to just grab that book that's at the end of your pew right now, and just take a second, get your name in there, any information that we may not have, pass it on down to the person next to you with a really loud, high-five slap. As you hand him the book, that's going to get awkward, and I'm super excited about how that goes. If you're uh, at home watching this, you could also let us know you're here this morning. Just use the app to do that. You can uh, register that you were here—not, uh, he- I mean, here with us, here in spirit with us, visually watching something like that. So um, it's Christmas time. Always interesting culturally how people will respond to that. It's Christmas time, and I don't know about you, but I know that lots of families uh, have decided to give experiences as gifts instead of things. Sometimes you hit a point where you're like, we got lots of things. But we're going to give experiences. And I have a couple of experiences that would be great, I think, as Christmas gifts. One is for men. We have a men's event coming uh, January 29th. And uh, we're we're going to, men, our lives tell a story. We just want to talk about what kind of story we're telling. You have a great time. There will be steak involved, lots of steak. So you will go home with your blood pressure higher. I don't know if that's a sales pitch. Uh, But anyways, so that'll be good. And uh, uh, so if you want to be part of that, we'd love to have you. You can find out more info on the app, online, at the kiosk. There's bio cards everywhere. You can check those out. Let us know you're coming. The other experience is for married couples. Uh, We have a thing called Funner Marriage. The next retreat is coming in February. It's actually Valentine's Day weekend. Boys, did you hear me? Just trying to make it easy on my boys, all right? Uh Uh-oh, lights are going out. We're running down on time. Uh, I don't know what that means, actually. Uh, So anyways, Funner Marriage retreat's coming up. You can find out more info. This is a great opportunity to celebrate your marriage and do it in an even more fun way. So check out uh, info for that online on the app. There's cards out of the kiosks, all that kind of stuff. Good stuff there. When you came in this morning, you probably noticed that there's a blood drive out there happening this morning. If you did not register for that ahead of time and you want to participate, just stop by, ask if they have spots. Typically they do. It's not a problem. So just uh, give them a shout and they'll make that work out for you. That's a cool thing as well. Last thing I'll say is uh, if you were planning on uh, giving this morning, then uh, certainly this is a good time to do that. You can do that electronically, you can do that on the app, or if you're planning on giving uh, old school, you know, there's boxes at both exits, and you can do that on your way out. If you're watching online, again, the app is the easiest way to do that, so you can feel free to do that there. Cool? Cool. I want to direct your attention on stage. We've got a video for you. (laughs)
2: Hi, my name is Daniel Vargas, and I am a follower, follower of Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior. Gilbert Evans, five. So, Gilbert, you remember that day Mm -hmm. when mommy was, everyone was being loud. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. And so I was, so I was reading. I was trying to do my devotions, and I kept saying, "Shh, you gotta be quiet." And what did I do? And eventually, because no one would be quiet, I just read it out loud. Yeah you couldn't hear yourself in your head. I couldn't hear myself in my head, that's right. So I was reading along and I got to the questions. Do you remember what the question was? Well, like, what a... You want me to say it? Okay, and then you can tell me what you said. So I read out loud, what is something that God's asked you to do that you haven't done yet? And I said, baptize. I'm a recovering alcoholic, so I've been through a lot of trials and tribulations. I knew God was there. He's pulled me out of the fire for a reason. Um, Not only to tell my story, but to be, you know, as a witness to that, I mean, the goodness of God that he does um, save sinners. Because he saved me um, from sin. Jesus means love, first and foremost. Um, grace, mercy, compassion, and I think that as Christians that that is our calling. I love Jesus because um, he saved me um, from sin. I've been having um, a real spiritual growth and I feel like you know, reading the stories through the book, you know, experiencing God, that it was time to do it. Make it it public and make it known that, you know, I am a Christian and I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And if anyone that comes to our house that doesn't know about Jesus, I have an extra Bible, so I would give it to them.
3: So, so glad you're here in the dark, that's good. Now back in the light. Hey, uh, uh, just a couple of things. You know what, um, my life group said, why haven't we done this for such a long time? Um, I wanna take like 90 seconds, and if you would all just go ahead and stand up right now. And say hey to someone. S- just shake their hand, give them a high five. Want to be adventurous? Give him a hug. Tell him Merry Christmas. Exchange names and phone numbers. Go ahead and sit down. Um, <laughs> it's, that's kind of nice, isn't it? You are welcome. Yeah, there you go. Hey, um, I w- want to do something before we jump into the message. That's it's a kind of a housekeeping thing. If you're um, if you're a regular at North Point, Point, it's been a long time since we've done this. If you're new, um, just forgive us for about the next ninety seconds as well. At the end of each of the pews on the left hand side, there are a set of envelopes like this. And if you would go ahead and grab one of those, uh, each person pass them down. Um, there's, there's two envelopes and a, and a ballot to, uh, an opportunity to affirm our elders for this, this next term. We've got four guys that we'd like to affirm at, in different lengths of times for their um, eldership so that we can have kind of staggered terms. Um, and if you would just go ahead and fill that out and then put that, folded it in half and put it in the smaller envelope and then put the smaller envelope in the bigger envelope and write your name and whether you're a, a regular attender or a member on the back and then pass them to the right. That would be great. Um, if, uh, if, you, if you're new, I, let me just encourage you while we're doing this uh, to just pray for, for the leadership here at the church, pray for these guys. And, um, and uh, we're excited about the ability to do that. Uh, at North Point, our elders are really our spiritual leaders here. And um, and they're the ultimately the staff I'm accountable to the to the elders and um, it's a it's a very significant role um, in the kingdom and in the church and in North Point and so uh, thank you for, for uh, being a part of that doing that um, the uh, last week Larry Carter was here and spoke and talked about being a kingdom person. Uh, in the context of experiencing God. And um, there was some great discussion this week uh, on lots of levels to say, man, we don't know how really to get involved, what kind of things we should get involved in, um, in, um, in being a part of the kingdom and kingdom partnerships. And, and so I just want to take a second and just let you know um, our partnership as a church has us connected to, to missions in four parts of the world um, in Sri Lanka. With, uh, with Denise and, and Laminda Ube in Ukraine with Herb and Kim Burkett, in Papua New Guinea with Tim and Courtney Shanter and in um, rural Michigan to teens with Doug and Don Rutledge. Um, I would encourage you to spend time praying for them, um, to reach out to them, send them notes. We can help you get connected to them. and um, And that's some ways, big picture worldwide, that you can be a kingdom person and, um, and God can use you to, to share his love around the world. Go ahead and pass those envelopes to the right when you're done. Don't worry about that. We've got some folks that will do that. Um, we're, we are, we're partners with uh, a lot of missions in the area around here as well. Um, if you've been around a while, you've heard us talk about um, the food pantry that's at Redeemer Church here in DeWitt that a lot of times we'll work with them and support them. Basic Needs up in St. John's, um, Beacon of Hope in St. John's. Um, uh, share Pregnancy, uh, There's there, there are a whole, uh, there are a wide variety of ministries that we're kind of loosely connected with that we support, um, n- maybe not financially on a regular basis, but we support in our hearts and, and um, in our relationships with them. And I would encourage you to do that. One of the things that, uh, that I learned this week was that um, not many of you look at the website very often, which is okay. Um, <laughs> But on the website, there is a page that actually says serve, and there's a, a pull-down tab that says in the community. And um, in that serve in the community tab, it's also on the app as well. Um, there are about 10 different ministries that um, that are here in the area that, uh, that would just encourage you to take a look and see if God can use you to be a kingdom person maybe in one of those areas. There's lots more. Uh, but a big deal well one of the things that we're talking about as we look to christmas is the opportunity that we have to partner um, with missions of hope international in kenya to build a school and a church there and um, it's uh, our ability to do that's going to depend a lot on on our on our christmas offering that we take up and so i would encourage you to pray about whether you can be involved in that um there are literally hundreds of kids in the location that we're looking at that don't have a school to go to, that their community is just in poverty and the school will transform that. The church that, that is planted along with the school will, will change people's lives in that part of the world and it's, a, it's just an incredible opportunity. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the, in the next few weeks but let me, let me just pray for that right now as well. Um, God, we want to be uh, kingdom people. We wanna be people that, that you use to impact the world to, to have your kingdom come. Um, Lord, we ask that you would guide us, that you'd lead us, that you'd challenge us to see if, um, if we can be a part of what's going on in Kenya with, with Mohi. And, um, and God, if you want us to do that, that, that you'd provide the resources for that, the heart, the burden for it, Lord. And um, and the relationships, the connection that would allow us to minister there for a long, long time—not just send money, but to build relationships there that that can um, that that we can um, renew in eternity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Uh, hey, uh, we start today. We well, we start today. We complete our our study of Experiencing God. It's been a 12-week journey. I hope you've been a part of that. Let me just say this on the front end. Um, 12 weeks is a long time to do a study. 12 weeks is a long time to do a series. And, um, And I know for many of us, it's like, oh, you know what? I was doing really good for about the first eight weeks. And then I kind of crashed and burned, and I've just been kind of limping along. Let me encourage you to stay the course and just do one day at a time to kind of jump back in, maybe to try and finish by the end of December, because I'm convinced that there's so much that God wants to say to us and do in us um, through this study. There's just lots and lots of good stuff. I've had lots of conversations with people where they've said, man, this has just opened up my eyes and created um, new patterns in my life, new way to look at what God's doing around me, and, and I, want, I want more God. And, and so I would encourage you to, to just follow that through. The, the big picture, again, if you're uh, kind of new, if you've not been here for the whole series, the big picture is this, that God's always working around us, that God is working, he never stops working, um, you know, what we just sang. He's working all around us, and we need the eyes to see where he's working, he loves us. He pursues us with love and asks us to join him in that work. He, de- he doesn't want us to just be casual observers. He wants us to be involved in his will lived out here on earth. And so he invites us to be a part of that, and that creates in us this this uh, kind of seminal moment. What, what in the in the workbook has been called a crisis of belief it's a crossroads where we say am I going am I going to listen to God am I going to join God in the work that he's doing I'm, am I going to do what he's called me to do am I going to make adjustments in my life so that that can happen or or not am I just going to kind of keep uh, staying in the course doing what I've always done expecting kind of different results spiritually and so um, it brings us. God brings us to that point where we have to decide. And when we do and we begin to obey, all of a sudden we begin to experience God at a whole new level, when we, when we respond to the call that, that God has given us. Um, and so that's kind of the big picture overview of, of what's involved. Um, so today really is kind of a rubber meet the road kind of day. Am I, am I gonna do this or not? Am I, am I really in or not? Do I really want to experience God do I want to make that kind of mindset commitment to change and to join him in the work that, that he's doing? Um, where, we, where we begin to live life at a at kind of a whole new level, a different kind of level, uh, a place where we don't just talk about God, we don't just come to church, but that he really is the center of our life and he, he's the one that we think about when we wake up first thing in the morning, when we go to bed at night, that, that everything that we do comes as a result of our relationship with him. I wanna share one short passage of scripture this morning and, and then just kind of f- flesh that out in three different areas. Um, it is, if you've been working and doing the memory verses, this is the memory verse for unit 12, for the, for the last week in experiencing God. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Feel free to take your Bible out, look look on screen, look in the app. Here's what, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Let us consider one another Let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, If if you break down this verse, one of the things when I began to study it that, that I just hadn't really anticipated before was how much of an external view this verse challenges us to have about the kingdom of God let us consider one another let us consider one another so we're thinking not about ourselves but about other people in order to provoke love and good works we're considering other people to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus to help them do love and good works not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing that not neglecting to gather together that that says For us, for we as followers of Jesus, it's really important that we be connected to the body. Not just on Sunday morning, but Sunday morning is part of it. It really is that you have this cadre of people, that you have this posse, that you have this life group, that you have these people that are walking with you through life, that are helping you hear the voice of God that are helping you see what God is doing. Let, uh, not neglecting to gather together, some in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. Again, the view is not internal, it's external. How do we encourage each other? All the more as you see the day approaching. At the end of that verse, the writer of Hebrews said, says, you know what, there's a time that Jesus is coming back, and you need to be ready for that, and the people around you need to be ready for that. So we've gotta have this view that isn't just us in isolation living out our our faith, but that we have this rational preoccupation with how important other people are to God, to his kingdom, to his kingdom being accomplished here on earth. Um, It's impossible, it's impossible to really desire a deeper relationship with Jesus, with God, and think that that's only gonna impact you. It's impossible to think that our relationship with God is gonna go deeper, it's gonna take greater root in us and have it only affect us. It's got to affect other people as well. Um, when, when we do that, when, when we have that deeper relationship with God, that's going to create in us this, a, a sense of burden, a sense of calling, um, to people who are far from God, it really is gonna change the way that we think when we look at the people at work that are just a pain in the backside. It's gonna change the way that we look at people when they're in crisis, when they're hurting, because our relationship with God says that God cares about them just as much as as I do. And and it calls us to be involved, to, to bring hope and peace, kindness, to help them know that they're loved by God as well. It's also gonna create a sense of burden, a sense of calling to people within the body to help them take steps in their walk with Jesus. That it gives us this this both and this discipleship and evangelism um, path that, that we've talked about before. That as we grow deeper, it calls us to be involved in other people's lives that don't know God and that do know God and to help them all come into a greater sense of relationship with him, to know his love. I wanna talk this morning, just in real practical terms, about three different spheres of influence, three different worlds that we all live in. Not all of us live in all three, but we all live in one of the three at least, um, where you can experience God at a deeper level. Um, for the, I think the first 10 weeks of the series, it really focused on us individually. And the last couple of weeks in the series, it really is, okay, how, does, how do we connect with the other people that we live life with around us. Uh, uh, I want to talk today about having a deeper relationship with God and, and the way that that impacts God, how we can experience God in our marriages, in our parenting, and in our workplace. Those, those three areas, in our marriages, in our parenting, and in our workplace. What's it look like to experience God in those spheres? I want to talk just for a couple of minutes about. Experiencing God at a deeper level in your marriage. Let me let me um, let me give you five ideas, just basic ideas on how you can do that. Um, this is going to parallel a lot of what's in Unit Twelve, um, and I, I'm being very intentional in that, so that as you go through the workbook this week, it's be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what God's talking to me about. How do you experience God at a deeper level in your marriage? The first thing is this: regularly pray with and for your spouse. Regularly pray with and for your spouse. For some of you, that's, that's a really difficult thing because your spouse may not be a believer. They may not be following Jesus at the same level. Pray, pray for them and ask if you can pray with them as well. When that happens, things begin to change in your marriage. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, regularly, the second thing is this. Regularly ask your spouse spiritual questions. Um, One of the things that when I talk to a couple and I'm doing premarital counseling, um, I've married a a lot of couples that weren't necessarily followers of Jesus. And I loved being able to do that because um, it gave me a chance to kind of pour into their lives. One of the things that I've said to them is, it's so important for you to come to church so that you have something to talk about spiritually so that when you leave on Sundays, you can say, what did you think? Was Rick full of it this morning? You know, did, did, you know was he on target or not? Regularly ask your spouse spiritual questions. Questions like, hey, what are, what are you studying? What are, what are you learning? What is God speaking to you about today that he's calling you to do? Where's your heart? Where, what has God touched? In what ways has God touched your heart? Uh, Has God given you a particular burden for a person or for a thing? What's what's going on? Tell me about what's going on inside and how God's working in that. Um, uh, I I love this this question. You seemed very intent during the sermon today. What was God saying to you? Man, that's a great conversation over lunch. Because you can sense it with your spouse when all of a sudden they're kind of, hey. That's not sitting, having a conversation about that. Regularly ask your spouse spiritual questions. Third thing, um, review your spiritual markers as a couple. Just take some time periodically, whether it's on your anniversary or on a date night or once a quarter, whatever, to just talk about how God has worked in your lives together in the past, what he did to bring you together, how you've seen him work, how you've seen him provide. The longer you're married, the easier it is to forget the things that God did early on in your marriage or, or maybe when you were dating. And to talk about the way that God has provided and sustained you over the years is just a really important thing uh, to experience God in your, in your marriage. Um, fourth thing is this, serve or minister together as a couple. If you're married, find a way, find some kind of way that you can serve or minister together. That may be here at church. That may be doing the twos and threes class. It may be working with teenagers. It may be working at one of the the kingdom places that I was talking about early in the message. But find some things that you can do together to serve God in his kingdom in a way. When you do, it changes the way that you relate to each other. Uh, A lot of you know kind of my story, my history. I was um, 12 years in in, um, Maryland on staff at a church, a church that we loved, and and really had a sense of call from God to Southwest Missouri, to Joplin, Missouri, to a Christian college there where I taught. Um, My wife would call the four years that we spent in Joplin, Missouri, the desert years, (laughs) Um, the reason that she calls them the desert years is because all the time that we had ministered up to that point in time, we had ministered together. I had done a lot of ministry. I had done a lot with music. Deb had played for me. She played the piano as I directed choirs and led worship, that kind of thing. And when we moved to the college, I was teaching college students, and Deb wasn't involved at the college. Um, I was traveling for the college on weekends, and so much of the time, we weren't even going to church together. Deb and the kids would go to to our church, and I'd be traveling for the college, and it created this this chasm in our relationship because we weren't serving together in the way that we had previously. If 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 you want to experience God in your marriage, find a way that you can serve, that something, something that God calls you both to, that you can do together and see if, if that doesn't just change the dynamic of your marriage. Fifth thing is this. Um, determine together the, the amount of your financial giving that you give to God's kingdom and celebrate and worship together as you give. Let me say that again. Determine together what you're going to give to God's kingdom. I say that, I believe, I think that this is right. I'm guessing that for many of you, one person makes that decision about what you give, um, and the other person doesn't really have much of a clue about specifically how much that is. Um, I would encourage you this afternoon to have that conversation and say, um, how, how much are we giving to the kingdom? In what areas, how, how are we doing that? Because I think what will happen is you'll have one of two conversations. One, one conversation will be, What? We're given that much? How is it that we're given that much? How can we be so generous? That may be one conversation. The other conversation may be, what? We're only given that much to the kingdom? With as much as God has blessed us, that's that's all we're doing? I would encourage you to have the conversation because it allows you to experience God at a whole deeper level when together you say, no, this is a priority we're going to change the amount, and it's going to be this much, whatever that is. That's going to be a priority for us that, that, um, that impacts how we spend discretionary income. It impacts how we do vacations. It impacts how, what we spend at the grocery. It impacts how much we eat out. It impacts how many times I go to Big B or Starbucks for coffee. Together, having that conversation together, in, um, it, brings, it brings into your marriage the opportunity to experience God at a whole different level. Um, if, if you were sitting in my office and we were talking and you were having marriage problems, I would probably draw this diagram when, when, we, when we would talk about experiencing God together. It looks like this. You've got God up here. You're here. Your spouse is here. If you operate in these two areas individually individually, Um, uh, in your relationships with God. You're gonna stay a long way away. But if together, if you're having the conversations, if you're doing those five things that I just talked about, it's gonna look like this instead. You started down here, but as you get closer to God, as your spouse gets closer to God, as you have those conversations together, all of a sudden, the line that separates you has become much shorter. Um, the, the, The... the, the intimacy of your relationship at a spiritual level changes the way, that you, the way that you relate to each other and the way that you see God working. Let, um, let me just do a quick aside on this. If you're young, if you're single, be aware. Can you go back to the last slide, Kathy? Be aware of this and then this. The next slide. Yeah. If you're single... If you're single, know that God made us um, as spiritual, emotional, and physical beings. And that as we get closer to God um, in that relationship, it impacts the physical, relation, the physical aspect of our relationship as well. So if you're not married and you're having devotions and sharing all kinds of intimate spiritual stuff, the pressure for you to experience physical intimacy before you're married um, grows dramatically. For whatever that's worth, that's just kind of an aside. Take it and go with it from there. Okay, next slide. Uh, when you do the things that we've talked about, when you do the things that we've talked about—praying with your spouse, talking as often and as naturally about God, about what God is showing you, what He's teaching you—to uh, talk about those kind of things as much as you're talking about what's going on in culture, in the news. On what's on Netflix or Prime or Hulu or whatever, when you're serving, ministering together, when you're um, when you're intentionally making a priority to give back to God and His kingdom, when you're having intentional conversations where you talk about what God has done in your life in the past, when that happens, you just grow closer and closer and closer together, Um, experiencing God. In your marriage, experiencing God as a parent. Let me let me give you seven things that are real similar to what we just talked about, um, but but it's uh, it's just healthy to talk about that, about what it looks like to experience God in your parenting as you as you work with your kids. First first idea is this: regularly pray for and with your children. Regularly pray for and with your children. Teach them to talk to God very naturally. Teach them to ask for God for help. To ask God for help. Um, when, when our kids were little, um, uh, this is all about having conversations with your kids, uh, teaching them to pray, that goes beyond just prayer time at bedtime. It, it, it really goes to praying through the day. Um, now, I know this isn't true of any of your kids, but my kids, when they were young, tended to misplace things. Shoes, you know, keys, um, assignments, homework assignments, all kinds of stuff. And they would say, Mom, Dad, where is that thing? And, and it would create this um, tension in our home. Now, that's just the Ruble home, right? Nobody else's home. Um, Deb started a thing with the kids that now my kids, my oldest is, uh, our oldest is 37, our youngest is uh, 22, 23, somewhere in there. Um, They still say this. um, When we lose something, they'll say, mom, dad, pray for open eyes, Um, because that was the thing that we taught them at a very young age. When they couldn't find something, pray and ask God for open eyes, Ask God to open your eyes to where those keys are hidden. Ask God to show you where that shoe is. That was just a very practical piece to teach them to pray throughout the day about all kinds of stuff. Uh, 350 years ago, a woman named Susanna White was born. She loved Jesus. She loved her family immensely. As a young woman, she married and she proceeded to give birth to 19 children during her marriage. Nine of them, nine of them died as infants. Can you imagine the grief of a mom who has nine of her babies die? Susanna White was a prayer though, even with 10 kids growing up around her. And she had, a, she had a deal that she did with her kids. When her apron was over her head as she sat in the kitchen, the kids weren't to disturb her because they knew that she was praying at that point in time. That was her alone time with God. 10 kids running around a heart full of grief, but she was a prayer. Um, Two of her sons had a profound impact on the world as we know it today. Um, Preached thousands of sermons, wrote thousands of songs. Her sons were Charles and John Wesley. Um, uh, Susanna, Susanna White Wesley, is known as the mother of Methodism because she prayed so consistently. For kids. Pray with and for your kids too. Talk with your children about God's activity in your life. Not just how you see God working in their life, but talk about what God is teaching you with your kids. It's an incredible opportunity to teach them outside of conflict. Most of the time when we're parenting, we, um, we deal with, with um, areas where our kids have messed up, where, where they've stepped out of bounds. So much better to teach them out of conflict. And when we teach Man, this is what God is showing me. This is where I need to change. This is where I need to make a mistake. Man, God transforms the lives of our kids. We experience God on a whole new level. Third thing, regularly ask your children spiritual questions. Um, let me clarify. Don't ask them questions to guilt them like, oh, would God really like to see you do that? or Not, not that kind of question, but, but, but questions that make them think about God. What do you think makes God happy? Why do you think God lives in heaven? Just having the conversations with God where you're talking about spiritual things with them. You may not have all the answers, but you may, you may be incredibly surprised at the insight of your kids as they share their perspective of God. Unless you become like a little child, you won't enter the kingdom. Um, fourth thing, help your kids learn to put their trust in God, not in their parents. Help your kids to learn to put their trust in God, not in their parents. That means that you've got to let them fail. You've got to give them the ability to do something and to just fall flat on their face. Not physical danger, and not talking about that, but um, that you don't swoop in and protect. Help them learn to trust God because they're not always gonna live with you. Hear me, they're not always gonna live with you. They're not always gonna live with you, okay? Fifth thing. Review the spiritual markers in your child's life with them. Talk about the ways that God has worked in their life in the past. Tell them those stories. I remember my father telling a story about my younger sister multiple times as we grew up. I don't want this to be too gross or graphic, but um, when she was an infant, um, she, uh, dad changed her diaper. And as he changed her diaper, a straight pin came out in the stuff that was there. She had swallowed a straight pin, and somehow in her little body, it had gone all the way through and come out the other end. And dad, every time he would tell the story, you know, his knees would shake. But he would say to my sister, God has a plan. God has something in mind for you. We need to tell the stories about how God has worked in the past in the lives of our kids so that they recognize. They recognize how much God loves them and is working around them all the time. Sixth thing, serve or minister together with your kids. I talked about it with your spouse, but do it with your kids too. There's something incredible about going with your kids to serve um, in a soup kitchen. Something incredible about going with your kids and serving in the nursery and loving on babies. Something incredible about serving with your kids and going to raking leaves of, of, in your neighbor's yard. Serve with your children. Um, one, of, one of my treasured memories is when I was at the college, um, my oldest was able to sing in one of the groups that I directed, and, and I, can't, I can't describe what it was like to conduct a, a choir with 60 kids and see my daughter singing in that choir, my daughter worshiping. Serve with your kids. Seventh thing, talk about the amount of your financial giving to God's kingdom with your children and celebrate (laughs) with them as they give back to God as well. Um, uh, Money's an important part of our lives, It, it just is. And when we talk about what our priorities are and we talk about that with our kids and we talk to them about what they give, it changes the way they think about the kingdom, the way they think about God and the way that they, they see God working around us. Um, I remember, I remember um, in high school, um, my dad at one point asked me to put his check in the offering at church. Um, I was probably 16 or 17. This is uh, the 1970s. And his check was for $70. It was his weekly check that he gave to the church. And I remembered thinking, $70 times 52 weeks, that's like $3,600. That's a whole bunch of money. And, and extrapolating out to think, my dad doesn't just talk about tithing, my dad tithes. That powerful, powerful thing for me as a kid. Um, the uh same same thing, same diagram there's you there's God. the closer you get to God, the greater it is when your child when you're working with your child to get closer to God it it happens as well. Next slide all of a sudden, your relationship with your kids just grows deeper and deeper and deeper good stuff um, when 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 they can see firsthand the goodness of God in your life, the way that you're, the way that God is working in you, and you could share that with them, and you can help them see the way that God is working in and around them, and together with your children, you're, um, you're growing. All of a sudden, the, the relational bond that you have with them just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. Last thing. Um, Experiencing God at a deeper level in your vocation or in your education. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're still in school. Um, Why why is it that so much of the New Testament talks about what happens in the marketplace? It's because that's where people lived. Acts 18 says this about Paul. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth where he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them, and since they were of the same occupation, tent makers by trade, he stayed with them and worked. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. Don't miss this. Paul worked so that he could minister. Paul worked so that he could have relationships with people who were in the marketplace. Paul's relationship with Aquila and Priscilla grew out of working alongside of each other. So what do you do if you wanna experience God in your workplace, let me, let me give you five. Regularly pray, regularly pray for your boss, regularly pray for your coworkers, regularly pray for the people who work for you, and regularly pray for your business as well. Don't separate what happens in the marketplace in your work, even though it may be what you think is a really ungodly environment, don't separate that from your relationship with God. God is working all around you. Pray for those people. Second thing, talk with your coworkers about how you see God working in your life and in your work. Don't be afraid to talk about what God is doing in you. Um, tell your story as, as, just as you work. Um, if you listened to the podcast last week, um, Larry, uh, Larry Carter talked about somebody that he had talked to that, that realized as Larry had a conversation with them, that they worked in a factory job with the same people for eight or nine years. And God had put them there so that they could talk to them about, about what God was doing and who God was. Third thing, ask your coworkers, um, how they see God working in their lives. Don't be afraid to ask an open-ended spiritual question with somebody who appears to be far from God. My guess is that they see God working, that they know that that God is working in their life. They're just not sure of what to make, uh, uh, of how to make sense of that. Um, Ask your coworkers to see how how God's working in their life. Um, Fourth thing. Do what you can to influence your business to be involved in kingdom work in the world around them. Find, find a way, maybe make a suggestion or, or, or get a group of people that you work with to go work at Lansing Food Bank or to work in a, in a shelter or to do some kind of kingdom work even though they're not necessarily a part of the kingdom, they still are, that, that sense of need to make a difference in the world, it's in all of us. Uh, fifth thing, Give God credit for great things that happen in your work, in your life. Um, give God credit when he gives you strength through bad things. Um, one quick closing um, Ohio State story. <laughs> um, You know, I'm a big Ohio State fan. I listen to the post-game show, to the interviews and stuff after Ohio State plays each time. I hear you. I hear you. CJ Shroud's Ohio State's quarterback. And every interview he has done, every interview he has done, he starts out by saying, I want to give all the praise and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he talks about his relationship with God for about the first 30 or 45 seconds of every interview he does. Last Saturday was a depressing day when Ohio State lost to Michigan. And, I, and I'm listening to the post-game show and CJ Stroud, they asked him the first question and he said, first, I wanna give all the praise and honor and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, even though the game didn't work the way we wanted it to. Giving God the glory when things are good is great. Giving God the glory when things are rough. So important, so important. Two scriptures I wanna close with and then we're gonna come to a time that, that's just really important. The first is this, James 4 says this, God gives greater grace. Therefore, he said, God God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, he, he will flee from you. And this is where I want to land on this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, all the things that you need will be provided for you. Don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow 's got enough to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How do you seek god's kingdom? You stay immersed in God's word. you make your church family, your life group a, a relational priority and you pray you pray for God's will to be done you pray for. To be able to see where God is working, you pray to have the heart to join him. Here's where I want to finish today, and this is why I've been talking so fast. We're going to sing in a second, and I want to offer an invitation. I want to offer an invitation to you to be prayed for this morning, to be prayed for to experience God in your marriage, to be prayed for to experience God in your parenting, to be prayed for to experience God in your workplace. Um, we've got some people who are going to come down that are, that are ready to pray for you. So you guys, if you'd come down front right now, uh, that would be great. Um, we'll take as much or as little time as we need to to do this. Um, but we're going to stand and sing. And, and if you would like to be prayed for yeah, about your marriage, your parenting, your workplace, that's, um, that's great if it's something else. But we would just invite you to come down as we start to sing. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. And, um, and I think God's gonna do some really, really cool things. This is the kind of invitation that, um, that everyone could come down, right? F- feel free to do that. Feel free to do that. Don't feel like anything's too big, too small. Let's stand together. Let's sing. want to prolong this, but I don't want to shorten the opportunity either. If, if right now you've got in you this tension and saying, man, there's this thing at work. Man, I'm really struggling. I'm struggling to really love my wife, my husband. Man, I, I don't know what to do with my kids. They're teenagers. I don't know what to do. God, help me draw close to you so I can draw close to them. Maybe you've got another burden that's just there. Come down. We're going to sing a little bit more. Come down. Let's pray with you. Let us pray for you. Don't miss the opportunity. Let me just pray. Uh, Know that uh, even though the service is done, we can still pray with you. So just find somebody. Let's let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing all around us. Thank you for giving us glimpses of that work. God, transform us. Change us. Draw us to you. Transform our marriages. Transform our families. God, transform our workplaces to be outposts in your kingdom like never before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday.